Coming up on today's show, Victor Webinyama finally gets drafted. We get plenty of draft night trades. We get into our biggest winners from the NBA draft with our draft expert in New York and then ask if Chris Paul makes the Warriors favorites in the Western Conference or if he's even a good fit in Golden State. All of that and much more coming up on today's Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On NBA. I'm Wes Goldberg here with Richard Stamen. However you might be listening on YouTube, Odyssey, or on your favorite podcast app, thanks so much for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use the code Locked On NBA for $20 off your first purchase, last-minute tickets, lowest price, guarantee. Big, big night, the NBA draft. We're going to do our winners from the draft and talk about the big Chris Paul, Jordan Poole deal. Uh, but let's just jump right in. Uh, Richard, you're in New York for the draft. What are people talking about? What's the biggest story right now? What has people buzzing? The big story for me was the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, they were talked about, you know, how are they going to get off of Davis Bertans with the 10th pick? And instead they turned that from the 10th pick to the 12th pick while getting off Davis Bertans. They create this, uh, this little trade exception that turns into Sean Holmes in the 24th pick. They get their guy in Derek Lively. They get Rashawn Holmes. They get two bigs, which the Mavs had one of the big worst big man rotations in the league. And then you get Olivier Maxson's uh, prosper from Marquette. You, you bolster up that perimeter defense. Just an overall great night of defense, the defensive additions for the Mavs. And they're probably not done in terms of just what they're going to do for the roster. I love the Mavericks draft. They addressed a ton of different needs. Uh, they didn't really need to be picking at number 10. They moved back a couple of spots, get the guy that they wanted all along. Uh, and in doing so, create that that trade exception that they were able to absorb Rashawn Holmes into, basically improving what was a weakness for them at center last year uh, with two different players, a veteran and Rashawn Holmes um, and Derek Lively there. Um, they still have the full mid-level exception to your point that they could use in free agency that they're going to be able to, to make some additions with. I just thought it was an expertly uh, crafted draft night by the Dallas Mavericks. I felt like they had a plan, they had things in place, and they executed on it. Um, so great for them. And so I, they, I have them down as one of my big winners. And then the other big winner for me is the Spurs, right? Number one pick, they get Victor Wembanyama. It's almost like, we, it was a foregone conclusion. We knew this was going to be the case, and it's not surprising at all, but it's also important to acknowledge that they got the maybe the greatest draft prospect ever and certainly the best prospect since LeBron James in 2003. Uh, what's it like in New York? What was it like at, uh, at the draft when Wemby gets uh, picked there? He, he seems really emotional uh, during the broadcast. Yeah, honestly, it was pretty chilling. You know – you're getting a guy who probably comes in the league, top 25 player, year one. You know the hype around him. He's the best prospect since LeBron. Some people have him as the best prospect ever. And hearing that name called, and you know it's going to be Victor, but just hearing it when Adam Silver goes number one pick, Victor Wembanyama, and it's, it was very chilling. You can feel the whole room. Everybody was excited for it. It was more than just the way that I feel like a lot of number one picks were like, Oh great. This team now has this guy's, this sucks for the rest of the Western conference or Eastern conference. This one was just a truly, it felt like as a basketball community, everybody was appreciating what we had gotten to see. It's now a transition of the best prospect in the world pre-draft to now he is going to be on an NBA team. It's tangible now. So I think it was pretty chilling seeing it all happen. It, 
it was how many Spurs fans were there? Because it seemed like a lot. A ton. I I know they were filming a lot of Spurs fans as they were coming in to make it look like it. But man, I walked in and I was like, okay, here's a Manu jersey, here's a Kelvin Johnson jersey, here's yeah. a artist Gilmore jersey, like all these random things. Like there are so many Spurs fans here. I think they were the number one most represented team in the draft. Great for them. Um, the, the, the only thing it reminds me of is when the Indianapolis Colts drafted Andrew Luck and there was just a, a ton of Colts fans there, you know, wearing their Marvin Harrison, Edward James, Peyton Manning jerseys. And there was so much hype. And even Webin Yama is like so much further uh, or so much better of a prospect than even Andrew Luck was. Andrew Luck was like the greatest quarterback prospect since Peyton Manning. So like when you've got this whole fan base sort of just like uh, wanting to to make the trip, especially from San Antonio to New York, that's not an easy flight. That's not an easy trip to make. To be there for like the very beginning of the Victor Webb and Yama era, I think that's really cool. Spurs fans totally understand what this means. They they kind of got this with Tim Duncan. Um, also, like I, I'm so I'm I'm really glad to hear it. It's a, it's a cool moment. In terms of what else the Spurs did tonight and, and what this means for San Antonio, like what's your kind of basketball evaluation? on Victor Webanyama in San Antonio. Yeah, uh, the, I think they said it really well. I don't know if it was the ESPN broadcast or if it was the in-stadium broadcast they did, but he's somebody who he wants to be coached. And there's no better place to be coached, I feel like, than for arguably the greatest coach of all time. And, and Greg Popovich, he's coached not only just some of the greatest players, but also some of the greatest international players. And you look at somebody with, yeah, Webanyama has the skill at 7'5 and the athleticism. But he also has the motor in the field for the game. And to get from like an A minus grade on a lot of what he does to an A plus, like that's where that work is going to be put in. And I think he's going to learn a lot from Greg Popovich. He won't be his coach forever, but it's a great transition period, at least or starting point for him. What would you like to see the Spurs do in the offseason to kind of build around Victor Webanyama? Because it's an interesting situation, right? Wemby's not your average rookie. You you said something like he might be a top 25 player day one in the NBA. And based on what people are saying about like, yeah, that's totally in play for him. So if you're the Spurs, like, can you just kind of compete right away? What kind of players do you want around somebody like Victor Webinyama? Honestly, just players that can create their own shot while also being efficient spot of shooters. And then also defend. I mean, the big thing for Webinyama is he's going to always be in the play defensively. Like there's no taking him out of the play. You can, in theory, put him on the perimeter. He's still going to be able to one step, get a contest to most shots within uh, outside of, I'd say like five to 10 feet. So having players who can, you know, force the offense into him as a defender, and then also just being able to surround him as he gets better shooters and learns to become a great decision maker as a passer. I think that's really where you want to be having him surrounded. A couple of things I would like to see San Antonio do. Number one, get like a big center, just get a big center, a guy with size, because I think Victor Webinianov's future is obviously at center. He's an incredible shot blocker. They had this stat like he had like 50 more blocks than Rudy Gobert did in his French career, having played like just almost like 20-something more games than Rudy. Like it's crazy, just crazy stats. But he's really he's still kind of thin. He needs to add more weight. And if he's going up against Nikola Jokic or Joel Embiid itself, I think like if you're San Antonio, it might be better to have a bigger body handle those assignments earlier in Wemby's career, just so that you're not putting them at risk for no reason, right? Because the Spurs, they're not winning the title this year with Victor Obanyan. There's no reason to put him in danger. 
So maybe go add like a big body center and then get like a legit point guard who can run pick and roll for him, right? And 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 kind of start to not necessarily developing a two-man game of the future. I don't know what kind of point guards are like young point guards are out there for them, but even like a veteran point guard who can just kind of show him the ropes and, and teach him NBA two-man game, NBA pick and roll. I think that could be something that's really helpful. And like I said, the Spurs can like this is not your normal number one pick. There's a world where they can start competing. I don't know, is like is the play-in tournament like a real possibility for them? Like with with Wimbenyama yes. and Keldon Johnson and Shohan? Like, yeah, totally. I mean, Orlando, they just had the number one pick last year. Paolo, I mean, they were they took them, I think, till game 78, 79 to be eliminated from the play-in. Like that's that's impressive. And then Wembenyama is going to be a better rookie than Paolo was. It's crazy. It's crazy, man. The Wemby era has started. Uh, super cool. Can't wait to watch them. Summer League is in a few weeks. And obviously the NBA season after that. But uh, the number two pick, Scoot Henderson. Or sorry, the number three pick, <laughs> Scoot Henderson, said he hopes to play with Damian Lillard. Will he? We'll talk about that next year on Locked On NBA. Today's episode of Locked on NBA is brought to you by Bird Dogs. The pitch is simple. Bird Dogs, they make you look good. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. Instead, Bird Dogs fixes this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches. So you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Plus, Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. I love my bird dogs, and in the summer, you need a few go-to pairs of shorts, and mine are bird dogs, and you can get them too. All you have to do is go to birddogs.com slash NBA, enter the promo code LOCKDOWNNBA for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash NBA for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off, we promise you. Thanks again for making Locked on NBA your first listen every day. As everybody expected, the Blazers took Scoot Henderson with the number three pick. And now the clock starts on Damian Lillard and his future in Portland with many teams wondering if he's going to get traded. But Scoot said that he'd be open to sharing the backcourt with Lillard, saying, quote, I'm hoping to get to play with Dame for sure. Special guard, one of my favorites to watch. It would be cool to play with him. Shams also reporting on Thursday night that Lillard will give Portland some time and a conversation about his future will happen in the next few days. Uh, what do you expect to happen next here, Rich? They have so many different directions to go. I mean, there was a tweet I saw that said Damian Lillard's going to discuss the future with management and things like this. But look, if you want to move off Damian Lillard, this is probably the very best time. Anthony Simons is uh, on the beginning of his second contract. Scoot Henderson has four years under very cost control uh, contract. He makes it easy where you don't even have to trade back for a guard. You can easily just get a front court. Anybody over six six is going to be, you know, an improvement in size in that regard. I think they have a lot of directions. It's probably the best year to do it. The only downside is next year's draft is just not worth tanking for. Mm. That's really the one risk. Yeah, Scoot Henderson is is. Obviously, he could have been the number one pick in any other uh, in a lot of other kind of drafts, but I don't know that he's Wembenyama level of okay, we've got him in house, we're competing right away. I understand Portland's posturing of you know what, maybe we'll kind of keep Damian Lillard, bring Scoot Henderson along. We've got these other guards, like whatever. 
it just feels like now if you're Damian Lillard, you always knew that Scoot Henderson was the likeliest outcome here at number three, right? Portland put it out there that they were trying to maybe move number three for another superstar level player. Obviously that didn't happen. And now it's real, right? And I think that that obviously matters because the draft is over and now Portland has to move on to other things on their to-do list, right? This last, these last few weeks is all about been preparing for this draft, taking Scoot Henderson, figuring out what you want to do at 20 and doing all these other things. But now this is done. It's real. They have Scoot Henderson now. And there has to have there has to be a conversation with Dame about, okay, what do you want to do? Do you want to play with Scoot? You were here for all the workouts. Or do you not want to see this youth movement through? It sounds like Lillard might be like, all right, is there anything you can do in free agency? Is there something else that we could do here? Is Jeremy Grant coming back? Like all these things. But there's just no real pathway to the Blazers doing something that Lillard wants to do while keeping Scoot at number three and trying to build around him and Shaden Sharp and, and perhaps even Anthony Simons in the future. So it just feels like we're going, we're, 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 we're slowly but surely going to end up in a place where they, both of those Damian Lillard and Portland Trailblazers decide to part ways. It kind of feels like that's where we're going no matter what. Right. Yeah. I mean, what's the ceiling? Like maybe second round if things go right. I, I just, it's really hard to win with the current Oof, roster maybe. without a massive yeah. overhaul. Yeah. And this free agent, this free agent class isn't like extremely deep. There's nothing really there. If you're looking at trades, like okay, Anthony Simons and a future pick, like what's that getting you? We just saw that it's not really, it wasn't really getting you a whole lot. So when that happens, I expect in the in next few days we'll see some sort of tweet come down the timeline. Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers have met and had a conversation, decided it's best for Damian and Portland to part ways. Uh, we're gonna get some sort of tweet like that, and then the fun begins. Then the Portland Trailblazers start fielding trade offers and all these things. Brian Winhorst uh, reporting that teams are already preparing their offers for Damian Lillard when that uh, hap- if and when that happens. Um, the two teams that Damian Lillard himself mentioned, Miami and Brooklyn, based on the things that I'm hearing, um, I think the Miami Heat would be very high, if not at the very top of Damian Lillard's preferred list of destinations. And if that happens, then, you know, Lillard's going to have a lot of leverage and say in where it is that he wants to go, right? Um, I think Portland understands that they owe him that. So we'll see what happens there. Any other thoughts on on Portland and, and Damian Lillard uh, before we move on to other winners and losers? Yeah, I just – I don't really think uh, – I just – I don't think they can do enough, like you kind of said, this offseason with one signing's not going to change anything. One trade's not going to change enough. But their ceiling, like I, I don't think Damian Lillard wants to be there unless there's a realistic path to the – finals and he has that way more likely by going to Miami who just made the finals um any other I, I I struggled to find a loser but you're the expert here uh I feel like it's a harsh word but it's a fun radio a sports radio word uh any any disappoint any confusion any confusion prompted by a team selection here I you know this is probably the very first draft where I've I've said you know I don't think this is a bad like there weren't any glaring picks. I think there were some. Every top ten has a has a bust in it. I, I do think there could be some candidates there, but that's not the risk is the risk wasn't a bad risk, right? Like there's no right. fawn maker at number ten. There was just none of that. I, I don't think there was like a bad, bad pick. I will say the one thing I do like Grady Dick a lot. I think for Toronto, I, I thought they would go for someone with a higher ceiling, just kind of being in a tough spot of Nobody knows what their direction is. They're probably going to lose Fred Van Vliet. They have Siakam. OG's future's in the air, even though he probably stays. Mm-hmm. But that's 
those things, they keep coming up and Siakam's contract is coming up and, you know, the clock is ticking. Getting a role player at this point isn't going to change much. I feel like they're just kind of in the same route with Washington taking Kispert, where it's like you're trying to surround what you got, but at the same time, you got to just kind of swing for the fences and hope you have somebody to help transition from that. Talk to me about the French guy that uh, the that went number seven, Bilal Koulibaly. Uh, yeah. That was sort of the first surprise pick of the night. Yeah, it's funny. So I actually went on Locked On Pacers. I thought the pick was going to go to the Pacers. So I said, watch out for him going number seven because he's, he's, he's he rose so fast. He was yeah. – think about it. He was one of the last prospects to gain traction. He didn't really pop up till January. He was the last prospect not named Victor Wen – like him and Wembenyama were the last prospects playing. So all the eyes were on him, and he played in a professional league where the team way overachieved and made the final. So the thing with Bilal Koulibaly is the defense is great. The finishing is already great. The length is outstanding. The shot isn't super far away. It is raw a little bit, but it's not like broken or anything. If he gets two of three things in of adding strength, improving his jump shot to a, an efficient level, and just really tightening his handle, I think he's got star upside. Like you look at that star mold, six eight, seven two wingspan, massive hands. Um, he's got just all the skills, the feel for the game, the athleticism, all of it is there. There's a lot to like. Give me one more draft pick that you liked you found interesting or you just want to talk about <laughs> uh jed howard at 11 was weird that's what i, was I, thinking. I thought yeah i thought there were two better shooters on the board that do mm -hmm. more things outside of shooting better too i thought that was weird um i know in his workout um i had been told like at least i don't know how many workouts he had but i i had heard of one workout that I, it's funny i had actually <laughs> it's funny when i tweeted that they were working him out People, all these Magic fans are like, well, great. Now we're not going to get him because the Magic, whenever they get leaked, they don't draft the player. And this is the first time. So it's really funny. <laughs> but I was told at this workout that, like, he was hitting a lot of tough shots, things like that. But it wasn't like he blew them away. That's what I had heard. Obviously, there's multiple sides to every story. So maybe I was, I heard just, you know, different information. But I really do think Jordan Hawkins or Grady Dick would have been better picks if that was the role they were going for. But now it's back-to-back, one-and-done Michigan players. So – uh, I'm going to be looking at the recruiting class next year for Michigan to predict the magic fit. <laughs> there it is. Um, all right. That'll do it for our draft talk. But a couple hours before the draft even happened, we had a blockbuster trade. The Warriors getting Chris Paul. Does Chris Paul make them favorites in the Western Conference? We're going to talk about that next year on Locked On NBA. Today's episode of Locked on NBA is brought to you by GameTime. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you could stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun that you're going to have. GameTime is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals to tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're all set. 
Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you're never going to have to dig through your email or use a printer. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code Locked On NBA for twenty bucks off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guarantee. Today's episode of Lockdown NBA is also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. All you have to do is pick two to six players, and if they're going to score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can up to 10, 25 times on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. And Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, NFL, PGA, college sports, MMA, and so much more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Prize Picks offers safe and fast withdrawals. It's currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com and sign up to play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. So if you deposit $100, Prize Picks is going to give you $100. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Thanks again for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. So a few hours before the draft, the Warriors traded Jordan Poole and a 2030 first rounder to the Wizards for Chris Paul. Um, Richard, what was your immediate reaction to the deal? And what do you think about the trade now? I think actually they added one more thing about 25, 30 minutes ago at 1 a.m., uh, Eastern time where they got Trace Jackson Davis for Patrick Baldwin. I, I saw Shams tweeted that it was thrown mm. in the deal too. So they punted their 2021 draft for Chris Paul, essentially because Ryan Rollins was in it. Uh, right. I think I thought it was a little bit of an overpay, just talent for talent, but I also understand it. It was in turn a long-term salary dump. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see how Chris Paul fits. I don't think, that was the glaring need that the Warriors have. So I, I'm curious to see the subsequent moves. Um, there was an internal question about whether or not Jordan Poole and Draymond Green can coexist long-term. Like the punch just never fully healed. Draymond Green is obviously a free agent. They want to bring Draymond Green back. And I think by them trading Jordan Poole now was a sign to Draymond Green basically saying, you know what? We're, we're, we're going to prioritize you. We want to bring you back. And we're going to kind of get rid of this thing that was kind of awkward in our locker room and really affected their season last year, right? So they end up going separate ways with Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole was a little upset with his playing time. He's going to get as many shots as he wants now in Washington, right? And so I think that's a, a good thing for Jordan Poole. And then, you know, the Chris Paul thing doesn't make sense on paper. He's a pick-and-roll guy, kind of slow, steady, methodical. The, the Warriors play fast. They play in chaos. Um, they don't run a ton of pick-and-roll. Uh, they want, like, ball movement, body movement all the time. But we've seen Chris Paul play in, like, different ways. Like, we've seen him play with three different guards in Oklahoma City. We saw him play next to James Harden in Houston. Like, that guy is a basketball genius. Like, I'm going to bet on him finding ways to to figure it out. And the thing I really like about it for the Warriors after thinking about it a little bit more is one of the biggest weaknesses for them for basically the entire Steph era was when Steph is on the bench, they have nobody to run offense through. Like the best versions of that was like Andre Iguodala um, during the dynasty years. Chris Paul is more than capable of running that offense. And 
when when Steph is on the bench last year, they often had to stagger Steph and Draymond just to make sure one of them was on the court running their offense at all times. Now you don't have to do that. You can keep those two together more often. You could bring Chris Paul on, off the bench and then just run pick and roll offense with him and go find some pick and roll lob threat center off free in free agency, found him with shooters and boom, I think you really got something there. So I don't know. The more I thought about like at first I was like, eh, that's really weird. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what? This just increases their basketball IQ and the smarter the Warriors are, the us- the better they are usually. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it takes a load off of guys, too. I mean, the Warriors, I mean, not like Chris Paul's not old for NBA standards, but, I mean, they're getting older, right? They're all north of 30. They need to take a little bit of pressure off, especially, like you said, though, it signals to Draymond we'd rather keep you than Jordan Poole, and that was their plea. I think uh, I think that's well said. I mean, just Chris Paul will be able to fit and take a load off, and like you said, just intelligent talent, they fit, right? Like, they find yeah. that, those kind of guys, they all find ways to fit together. Chris Paul will come off the bench. I don't think he'll start, and he'll. I think he'll be fine with it. Especially like if he embraces it, it's 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 a great look for him. Um, a non-zero chance that Draymond punches Chris Paul also, like that's totally in the cards <laughs> based on those personalities. <laughs> so maybe maybe we end up in the same place we were ne- this time next year. I don't know. Man, you saw my yawn because it is 1.30 in the morning and you go, all right, I'm going to fix this. That was good, man. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, well, it's, it is 1.30 in the morning. You did a terrific job covering the draft. Um, Richard Stamen, you can find him at Mavs Draft, does a great job over there um, breaking down everything NBA draft related. So, man, really appreciate you uh, jumping on Unlocked on NBA tonight. Uh, this was fun, and I, I know, you know, fun has really just begun for everybody here but <laughs> thanks for making lockdown nba your first listen every day every day is make sure you're subscribed to the show it will be back on monday with the biggest stories from the nba weekend and every day all off season long breaking down all the news rumors trades and free agency in the meantime you can find me over on lockdown heat uh and you can find richard over on the nba big board over at mavs draft and all the things that he's doing over here at the lockdown network richard get some sleep bud Thank you.